0: She's a business mogul, number one, and wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we have Lisa Fisher here, and we are talking about how hormones can regulate your satiety We're going to be talking about how you can fast even longer. We're going to talk about what can help you to take your fasting to the next level. So welcome, everybody. And Lisa, welcome back.
0: Thanks for having me. We've become fast friends on social media and doing your podcast. I would say you are quite the Oprah of podcasting because anytime I'm on your podcast, I get messages in my inbox immediately going, I heard you on Waste Away or heard you with Chantel. So thank you so much. And what we're doing is all kind of lifting each other up so that we can help people get educated, not necessarily follow what the TV commercial says that you need to eat for, you know, you need fourth meals. You do not. (laughs) We're trying to teach you to eat in an ancestral way that benefits you with longevity as well as disease prevention.
1: Well, let's start with talking about how hormones
0: regulate your
1: satiety.
0: Okay, we've got about 50 hormones and hormones are chemical messengers. Everyone thinks my hormones aren't right. So my testosterone, estrogen, estradiol or progesterone aren't right. Well, those are your sex hormones that are put out from the testes in a man and ovaries in a female. And as you age, obviously those start to dissipate. But those those do play this much into this. Re- those really play more into your weight gain and weight imbalances. But what we're going to talk about today, Chantel, are things that decide whether you're going to eat or not. Dr. Jason Fung, F-U-N-G, the medical doctor who's the, I call the so-called medical father of intermittent fasting with his books, great, great studies, great science that he's done. He has said we're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. We're hormonally wired. So I don't want you saying anymore, well, I'm weak. I saw the Twinkies. I had to eat them. No, your hormones are out of balance and your body thought you had to eat them because you're, when your hormones are out of balance, then you make choices that are not best for your longevity. I don't care what anybody weighs and because it, it doesn't matter. What matters is your metabolic profile. And that's what we're going to talk about, these hormones regulating them to improve your metabolic profile. So the hormones that control your weight um, are mainly the ones made in the hypothalamus, which is kind of the endocrine system of the brain, right here at the, the, in the brain, right at the base there. And those are the ones that signal to your body whether or not to grab the Twinkies or to, put, to pass the Twinkies. So let's start the first hormone that we all should know about. And my intermittent fasting students who are in here will think, "Oh, wah wah wah!" I've heard her talk about this before, but it's so important. It's insulin. Insulin is the chief hormone. It's kind of the smoking gun of our weight issues, and it's put out by the pancreas. It is secreted by the pancreas, and it is signaled anytime you have a flavor on your tongue. Okay, so I am. I have not eaten since yesterday. I won't eat today till probably a couple more hours. I'll probably get in a twenty-hour fast, twenty-one hour fast today. Uh, Justin's Chicken is a place in Little Rock and I took lunch to somebody and I'm having an unsweetened tea with no sweeteners, no flavors, no nothing. So I'm not secreting any insulin. So guess what? I'm still in the fasted state. So insulin is the hormone that you secrete and it pushes glucose to the cells unless you're insulin resistant, which is 88% of people are metabolically unfit. And that includes most of those people are, have insulin resistance. So it doesn't matter what you weigh, but it matters if you're insulin resistant. How do you know if you're insulin resistant? Well, I'll tell you. You get hangry. You have skin tags. You get tired after eating. You're, you have to eat five and six times a day. That's because insulin's a hormone. It is not being pushed to the cells and it's hanging around and it that's why you get fat around your abdomen. That's why um, your vision changes when your insulin's high, your vision chart starts to change. You get kidney disease, you get high blood pressure, you, have, you might have P- PCOS for sure because your insulin's high. So polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is very common with menstruating cycling women, and they don't know what happened. Well, somewhere along the line, they got insulin resistant. So insulin is the chief hormone. The smoking gun, because it doesn't always show up until it's too late, by the time your insulin's high, you've been insulin resistant, Dr. Ben Bickman says, 10 to 20 years. The other hormones you have to address um, are ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N. Ghrelin is the one when your stomach growls. That's the ghrelin that's come out and says, time to eat. And then because I'm metabolically flexible and I'm insulin sensitive, I'm like, ghrelin, sit your butt down. I'm not going to eat. So I'm not going to eat for a few hours because I have this and I have a meeting with somebody. I had three other things. I did a podcast this morning. I've already worked out. I mean, I have a nail appointment. I mean, all the things, right? So I haven't had time to eat. And because of that, ghrelin kind of reared its ugly head and said, "Eh, time to eat. And I said, sit your butt down. So it can sit its butt down because my insulin is right. So what it's doing, my body is now burning fat for fuel. My body is searching right now for fuel. You don't have to have glucose for fuel. You can actually eat a, a protein diet and never even tap into glucose. You don't need your glucose. Um, we can talk about gluconeogenesis and some nerdy things, but it doesn't matter. So all that to say is ghrelin is the one that tells you you're hungry, but what it does is it, it taps. And if you can't get to food, it starts looking, oh, it found this right I got this ham hock right here on that right thigh. It's gnawing on that right now for lunch. And then if I can't get to then in about an hour, it might go again. And I'm going to go simmer down. I've got a meeting with my friend, Joy. We're going to talk about, you know, her health coaching for her. And then if I can't get to it. So hunger and grilling don't get louder. They actually knock and it goes away, knock and it goes away. And then your body starts saying, well, golly, she's serious about not feeding us, giving us any glucose. I'll just get the fat around her stomach and I'll have that for lunch. That's what your cells think, your mitochondria. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to build our mitochondria and uh, make our cells stronger. So then after the reason I am at a point where my weight is very good, I never think about it, the clothes in my closet, I never have to worry about the next season, that dress or that. Pair of pants not fitting because I am metabolically fit and flexible. So then the other hormones you have to know about one is leptin, L E P T I N. And people who are overweight are leptin resistant, meaning leptin comes out to say, put the fork down, but you don't hear it. Leptin says, stop eating. Remember, we're hormonally wired, Chantel, to eat and to stop eating. So leptin's role is to tell you, stop eating. Well, for years, I'm 60. So until I was, I started fasting six years ago, till I was 54, I was hungry all the time. I was hungry at 4 a.m. when I got up because I did morning radio. At 9 a.m. when I had my snack of cashews because they were high in protein, high in fat, low in carbs. At noon when I had my salad. At three when I ate and then at six when I ate, I ate five times a day and I was hungry all the time because I was leptin resistant. My leptin never came out because I I would get seconds when I would, I happen to be a good cook. So when I would prepare the meals, I would go get seconds every time because leptin never told me to put my fork down. So now my leptin comes out to play. But let me tell you the other two hormones that are very important and you don't even Google them because you won't spell it right. But one's called cholecystokinin and the other is peptide YY. Those two hormones tell you you're full, but listen to this. They only fire when you've eaten fat and protein. Wait, what? So if you're eating a diet, if you're eating a vegetarian diet, you're hungry all the time. If you're eating a vegan diet, you're really hungry all the time. If you're eating a low fat diet, you're hungry all the time. Well, your girl right here eats... uh, pretty much a meat-based diet, carnivore diet. I eat beef, butter, bacon, and eggs. Guess what's in beef, butter, bacon, and eggs? Fat and protein. So when I do open my feasting window later, I might have a steak and I might have bacon with it and eggs. And then I'm done, y'all. During the middle of the meal, there are so many times during the middle of the meal, it's like a bell clangs because my cholecystinkinin and peptide YY fire and communicate. So remember. You're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. Mm, So good. So understanding that that's what makes you reach for the M&Ms afterwards. If you had fat and protein in your meal, you wouldn't be reaching for the M&Ms. You wouldn't have any room.
1: Yeah, I think think that's so important. Just kind of asking that question. How much protein am I eating? How much fat am I eating? And and adding that into your diet if you're not. And that'll lead me to my next question, which is, why is it that I can sometimes fast? I hear this all the time. And it's true with me. I I can tell you this all the time. Right now, we are in a 21-day fast where we are kind of collaborating and if you are just hearing about this now we'd love for you to join us um, you can get support from our facebook group the intermittent fasting and omad group you can join us there but what we're doing is during the day when when the sun is out we are not eating anything just water or iced tea um like right now you can have a green tea hibiscus tea um you know, black tea, coffee with that's black. Um, We can talk about that for just a second because we do continuously get questions of what can I drink on the fast? And I'll let you answer that um, in just a second, Lisa. But then, you know, people say, well, sometimes, okay, I'm starting to eat at five o'clock. And then sometimes the next day, it's 10am and I'm ravenous, like I'm ready to shoot someone because I'm so hungry. And sometimes the next day, it might be two o'clock and I'm hungry or, you know, it's not that hard for me to make it till five o'clock. So I want you to talk about that for just a second.
0: Well, if we're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating, your desire for food the next day or the next meal is based on what you ate last. And the glucose goddess is the one in her book, Glucose Revolution. She discusses this that if you eat it but if you eat foods that are high in fat and protein then you probably it won't trigger um, early morning desire for food or with before when you want to eat or days you're hungry if you are still a cycling woman that that's a different story okay if you're still cycling then your cycle does have something to do with it uh, when your progesterone levels dip when your' t- when your estradiol dips I mean there, there's something hormonally there but I'm assuming We're not talking about where, because you know, right before your period, remember how hungry you'd be. It's the way God made us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God knew what he was doing with us. So if you do get hungry at 10 a.m. the next morning and your desire is to make it until the sun sets at 549 in the afternoon, then I would look at what you ate the day before. Did you close your feasting window with, um, something that was real sugary, real carby. My son's the one who taught me the trick that he closes his feasting window with an avocado, typically, or a piece of cheese, because what he's trying to do is keep the fat high so that those satiety levels—remember that hormone, the cholecystokinin—fires. But if you're eating a meal, and let's say you thought, "Well, I'm going to uh, lower my fat because you know some influencer told me to." I'm saying you're going to be hungry all the time. So let's say your meal was a um, one of the light fishes, you know, a tilapia, which isn't very fatty fish. Now, salmon and mackerel, and there are some others that are fatty fishes. So let's say you had a low-fat fish on a bed of rice and steamed asparagus. Girl, you're going to be hungry in about 49 minutes. I mean, it's just, it's not going to work. And you need the protein and fat, especially if you're over 40, to help you ease into perimenopause, menopause. So I would look at what I ate at to close my window the day before. And I have my clients write down, I have them when they get up the next morning, you need to have a journal of your thoughts, you need to put them down, you need to get sunlight in your eyes, but then you need to write down um, what you're grateful for because gratefulness, vitamin G is what Benazotti calls it. And I think it's so sweet. What you're grateful for. And then write down what you ate. Not how much, because I don't remember calories. We're not talking about calories, y'all. We're talking about insulin regulation. So you start looking at, well, I had pasta with a meat sauce. I had bread. I had salad. And then I had Italian cream cake. Well, there's not a lot of protein in that and fat. There's some, but that's kind of a high carb meal, unless your meat sauce was really heavy in the meat. And then you might the next day wake up and go, and I'm real congested today or... I'm gassy this morning, or I can't focus. It's often a food sensitivity, what you ate before, but it also triggers hunger. So premature hunger is, is she says, the glucose goddess, it is triggered from what you last ate. And that's why she says um, to make sure you eat a savory breakfast, because she's not really, a, she's not talking about intermittent fasting. She's talking about glucose reg- regulation, mitigation. She says to eat a savory breakfast and eat savory foods. And then the other question was, what can you eat um, when you are abiding by a fasting and feasting schedule? And because you're either in the fed state or fasted state at all times, I'm in the fasted state right now. And I am, I can't do math, but I'm probably 20 hours, maybe 19 hours in right now in the fasted state. So I'm drinking unsweet iced tea. If you drink coffee, black coffee, no flavors, no additives. So not the chicory coffee, not the coffee, the PSL coffee you people, you know, spend $10 on. Um, uh, Green tea, sparkling water, or flat water still. So what you're looking at is those things, the reason they don't trigger insulin is that they are in the uh, bitter profile, coffee and tea are in the bitter profile, and they do not trigger insulin. But you're going to say, but Lisa, Hoda Kotb said, I can drink Diet Coke all day. Well, Hoda cotby does not, or anybody you see on television has not spent their life studying what happens with insulin mitigation. Remember, we're trying to keep insulin at bay and you do that with things with no flavor, but the bitter profile, which is no flavor, so that when it's time to eat, insulin comes out to play and insulin takes that glucose and pushes it right into the cells. And therefore, you don't get a spare tire on your belly. At some point, we've all been sold a lie. And
1: let me tell you why. In the 80s, we all believed more protein equals more muscle growth. Well, it could be a lie. And let me tell you why. Because if you eat eight ounces of chicken breast, then you're consuming about 40 grams of protein. But Just because something contains 40 grams of protein, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna absorb all 40 grams of protein because without enzymes, guess what, it could end up all in your toilet bowl because your small intestines can only absorb protein that's been broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. So it doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein, if you don't have the sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, then guess what, you're gonna be starving for those vital building blocks. So it's really important that you take a high-quality enzyme. So before you run out and just buy anything, guess what? I love MassSymes by Optimizers because it has five different kinds of proteins. And that's what you need, all five of them. So go there, go to MassSymes.com slash WasteAway and use the coupon code WasteAway10 and you'll get 10% off. Yeah. And I'd love for you guys, if you go back through our episodes and you look at some of the episodes where I talk about the continuous blood glucose monitor, I actually spent the money for a Dexcom, which is, in my opinion, the best uh, continuous glucose monitor that you can get. And they're very, very expensive because obviously I don't have insulin. I, I don't have insulin resistance and I don't have diabetes. So you have you can't use a prescription for it,, um, but there's some cheaper ones out there, and uh, I've done some big podcasts on those, several of them, so you can Google some of those, and I'll put some of those in the show notes but what what would you say to someone that says, "I can't not have cream in my coffee because that's I feel like that is the one thing that people say. Um, you know, like I have to have flavored coffee. Um, and I I can't have it without a little bit of sugar or some kind of stevia or cream because they're they're like I just can't do it. What how would you respond to that? Because that is the number one thing that people don't want to give
0: up is their cream in the coffee. Guess what? You can have it in the feasting window. Okay? Get your body to the point. It takes a couple of weeks to adjust. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I can't empathize. But my coffee drinker clients will often take black coffee and they'll put Himalayan salt in it and they'll use a hand blender and that cuts the bitterness. Or they put ice in it and do that and drink it and they love it. Or we call that a milkshake. The candy, the cream, the sugar, the PSL, the two pumps of uh, sugar-free vanilla. I mean, it's, it is, your insulin is going (laughs) and here's the other thing. When you pull insulin out to play, call him out to play, then you're hungrier through the morning. So it's much harder. You do better in the fasted state with no flavor, no nothing to trick your insulin. So with that, some of my clients love coffee so much that they have adjusted their feasting window to do 9 a.m. to about 2 p.m. These are my clients that I've had. Now, when we first start fasting with me, because I am a health coach, um, I start you on a longer um, feasting window and a shorter fasting window. But by the end of the course, she was doing five-hour windows. She got back to her high school weight, and But her, co- her candy coffee is what I call it. Um, it meant so much to her that she would actually Uh, Open her window at 9 a.m. And she loved breakfast food. So that's when she ate. She had a smaller lunch and then fed her family at dinner. Nobody notices that you're not eating all the foods with them. Um, They just want your companionship. And with that, you can then put off the coffee. If it's still a problem, um, if it's still a problem with the coffee, then you're going to have to just maybe switch to green tea or unsweetened tea, you'll do something. But I I do know and I definitely understand that there are many of you who will say, I just had the hardest time. It's about a two week switch. Some people it's two days. Like my clients come back because I meet with them weekly after they sign up for my course. We meet weekly and then they always say it was bad, but I got over it. So, um,
1: and you yeah. get used to it. You get used yeah, to you, it. That's if what I've you, heard. You start doing coffee black. I used to drink a, a cup of coffee in the morning and I would do it black. But I finally got to the place where I really, the kind of coffee you drink is really, really important because you can find some really good coffees that, that taste better black. But I, that's got what to I've the heard. Place, Yeah. But I got to the place where I was just like, I don't like, I just didn't like it. So I just switched completely to just having tea, black tea or green tea, yes. um, because I just, I didn't love it. And now if I ever do want a cup of coffee, now I don't want to have caffeine that late. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have a, I could have a cup of decaf coffee and put some coconut milk or have yeah. some cream in there and sure. end my window with that. And to me, Ending your window with a cup of coffee with cream is actually magical. Um, So one of the things I always say, I actually, when I was younger, I'm not a good skier. And I say, well, I kind of was an okay skier, but I could never stop. So the only way I could stop, you know, just to go put your snow plow, right? Snow plow. And I just couldn't do it. So I ended up just falling on the ground. I (laughs) love it. And I actually got X's on my ski thing because I ran into so many people because I couldn't stop. So I, they were like, one more time, ma'am, and we we're actually kicking you off. And what I think is a problem with a lot of people is once they do open their eating window, because they're so ravenous, they have a hard time stopping. And so what I say is find things that are good meal finishers. Um, good. And I'll talk about that in my book, some different meal finishers that end your eating window because that's important. And actually coffee with cream is a phenomenal um, meal finisher to kind of end. Um, let's talk about calories for just a second because obviously, you know, eating 500 calories of Skittles is a lot different than 500 calories of a grass fed steak. Right. and you know when we talk about you know the the different you know ghrelin and your hunger hormones you know if you eat you know one bag of cheese puffs right an entire bag of cheese puffs is approximately like a one of the big bags right is 1500 calories and the truth is i don't know anyone that couldn't eat probably an entire bag of you know cheetos puffs because you're not going to be full by the time you're done. And now you've just in, ingested 1,500 calories. So talk about the calorie situation a little bit of what your opinion on that is.
0: Well, we never want to run completely from the calories in, calories out method, but it is fallible. And we know that by because long-term compliance to lower calories, what does it do? It lowers your basal metabolic rate. Well, who wants to do that? Have you seen The Biggest Loser? There's never been a reunion show. You ever think about that? Because they lowered their metabolic rate. When you lower your caloric intake, you're hurting yourself long term. It's a temporary fix. So by lowering calories, you're not helping yourself. My calories are high, but I don't count because remember, I listen to my brain. My brain tells me when I've had enough. So the first law of thermodina- thermodynamics, we're not going to ignore, but no one looks at calories anymore because of what you're saying, Chantel. If let's say, hypothetically, if you want to use chips, um, you've got a bag of Lay's potato chips that's made from potatoes, right? Bad seed oils, all those things. But let's say you were deciding, do I want the Lay's potato chips or do I want a fully loaded baked potato with bacon, butter, green onion? sour cream, all the salt and pepper, and some more butter, right? If you ate that, and let's say it were the same amount of calories of the bag of potato chips. I don't know because I don't care because it doesn't matter. You would never go back to the buffet and get a second fully loaded baked potato. You couldn't. You would never get a second T-bone if it was an all-you-can-eat buffet. But what does the bag of Lay's potato chips say on it so proudly? You can't eat just one. They engineered it to manipulate you so you keep doing this. Because remember, what did I say signals um, the satiety hormones? Fat and protein. What's in the bag of potato chips? Fat. There's no protein. And salt. So fat and salt make you come back for more. Fat and protein make you put the fork down. So the choices you make affect how you feel and what how what size pants you're wearing. So let's say you said, but Lisa, that my favorite cake is coconut cake. So it has some fat in it, but it doesn't have any protein. But if I had coconut milk the fully the fully fat coconut milk, there's a coconut cream that sometimes I have with fresh berries at the end of my meal. I eat fruit at the end of my meal, then I have so much satiety, I don't go back. But the coconut cake I could eat until Jesus comes again, which I hope is sooner than later. Just an aside.
1: Yeah. And I want I want to say something about that because with for me, one of the things that's really important for my I have a real problem with digestion. And I think the reason that it's so bad is that when I was in college, I have I actually have my degree in mathematics. And yeah, I have my degree in math and a, and a minor in computer science. And I was so stressed in my last couple years of, of college because when you get to that level of math, you don't do numbers anymore. You start right. doing letters. It's just like so beyond, beyond. And I was so stressed. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to finish this. And I was, but what ended up happening is I actually got a an eating disorder. I was bulimic. And so for several years, I ended up, you know, because of just all that throwing up for those last couple of years. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I, my digestion Mm -hmm. has never been as good. Plus when I was pregnant with my son, I was the sickest pregnant woman you've ever seen in your life. I threw up a minimum of six times every single day, while I was giving birth, I was literally pushing and throwing up, pushing and throwing up. I was just so, so sick. I'm so so sorry. Yeah. So because of that, because my digestion is so, so bad, food combining for me is super important. And so anytime I personally eat fruit at the end of the meal, they say that with food combining, you should only eat fruit by itself. But then if you only eat fruit by itself, which is a problem, then your insulin's going to shoot up to the roof. So that's, that's a problem as well. But um, I will do a whole ses- session one time on food combining. And for me, the basis of it is that you're basically eating protein and fat and vegetables together. And so if you think about it, you know, if you ate a steak and vegetables together, those two, and it could have a lot of fat in it, but with the vegetables, you're gonna feel fine. As soon as you add like a big baked potato or something like that into it, now you're gonna get full a lot faster, but you're, it's gonna be harder for your, your, your body to digest. So basically, if you're eating a burger, instead of eating it like, with a bun, you would eat it maybe wrapped in lettuce, and then you're able to digest it a lot better because the anytime you add carbs with that fat, it's harder for you to digest. So for me personally, yeah, I have to always keep that in mind um, because it just my body just won't digest it as well. And you can always add um, enzymes and stuff like that to help you with digesting as well. Right. But it, for me, it my digestion is so good when I eat like that, I get maximum energy yeah. and I'm actually able to get the nutrition from my food because my body is able to process it. So if you think about it, That's why you feel drowsy after a big meal because your body is forced to divert so much of that energy from processing it to digestion. Well, if it's easier to digest, then you're not as tired as well. So that's that's something to to think about um, when you're thinking about doing that as well. Um, Well, this has been great. We are out of time. And I want to encourage you guys to, all go to Lisa's website. And let me explain this because I love telling this story. So this is the just the cutest thing ever. So when, when she first told me about it, she was like, yeah, my website is Lisa Fisher said. And I was like, that is so strange. Why did, Why is that? And she said, because everyone says, Lisa Fisher said this or Lisa Fisher said that. You should do it because Lisa Fisher said this. And so that is her website and it's Lisa Fisher S-C-H-E-R com, yeah. um, And it's a great website. I encourage you guys to go check her out there. And we are out of time and we are so grateful that you joined us live today. And come check out our next episode. We're grateful that you're with us. Have a great day.